Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jason Comstock, and this is We Happy Few. The Oath of Enlistment, and very similar Oath of Office for Officers, is something every service member must promise upon entering military service. The oath says, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me, according to the regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. The oath of office for officers is only a little different. The first formation after my unit was activated for service in Iraq, my commander stood up and said, by showing up today, you can know that you are fulfilling your oath. For me, the oath of enlistment meant showing up. I didn't want to go to Iraq. I didn't want to leave my family. But I had made a promise, and I was going to keep that promise. For this episode of We Happy Few, and in honor of Veterans Day, we've invited veterans and their family members to share what the oath means to them. The day I became a United States Marine, so you march back three or six, three or four miles from where the crucible is. Everyone's sitting down outside of where BMT is, um, and get your packs up, you get your flags out, and you're starting to do your cadence calls, and you're really feeling it. And they really do the emotional part on Paris Island and, uh, and Recruit Depot San Diego. They do it when the sunset, it's just hit the peak, you're getting your eagle maker, they do the flag and everything. But that oath of enlistment meant everything to me because I had earned it. I don't know what it is like to be in other branches, but for me, earning the title of United States Marine was a title that I earned. I did it. I did it with my brothers, but and my sisters, but I did it. Me put. I pushed myself to get there, and no one can ever take that from me. I will always be a United States Marine. There's no such thing as a former. There's no such thing as an ex. So the oath of enlistment doesn't just end when you hang up your uniform. It continues for the rest of your life. Um, you serve this country, and if my country asked me to serve again, I wouldn't tell them no. Um, so yeah, the oath of enlistment, it's a lifetime commitment. It's not a four-year contract. To myself personally, um, I think the oath of enlistment is special and unique to every single person. Uh, for me personally, it's doing something bigger and, uh, than myself. 
Um, I just don't want to sit here on this planet and do nothing and just work. Um, I actually want to make a difference in in my country's lives and my in, in my pe- the people around me lives. So when I when I took the oath, it was it was very sacred um, because I was joining something that um, throughout history men and women have died for. Um, and I was ready to die for it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is you really have to, to, to believe in what you're doing. And I really believed in what I was doing when I took that oath. So, and you know what? I would do it again. Uh, It's just, you know, being above something that that's so big. (laughs) I mean, if that makes sense, I mean, you're, um, I have a lot of native American friends and, you know, they serve the country because this is their land. They want to protect it. And when someone comes here and, you know, they want to protect their land, and that's how I feel. You know, when we had those attacks, we don't ever want to have to go through that again. And so to serve the country has just been very uh, – I, I feel very proud that I served my country. You know, I feel – I'm glad that, you know, clear back to World War One, to Vietnam, I mean – my family's covered a lot of wars to defend others and help others. And I think that's what it's all about is, you know, so many people think it's about kill and destroy, but it's not. They don't see how, you know, talking to the Iraqi people when I was in country, how happy they were. And, you know, when their teenage kids were taken away from their homes and buried in mass graves all over that country, they aren't seeing that stuff. And so to me, it's very... You know, to to help other countries live a happy life and not have to live in what they do, that's huge to me. Well, honesty, integrity, values, morals, beliefs, all that stuff, I I've, don't feel like I've ever changed that. Um, I hike with an American flag. Uh, I love comments people give me with my American flag. Um, I'm very patriotic. Um, I support those who um, get out of the military, those who are currently in the military. You know, I'm part of red, white, and blue. Um, I don't know. I just have a lot of pride. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of pride in policing and in having been in the military. It simply to me means that you're always to serve your God, family, and country. And that is the promise that you made uh, when you made that oath of enlistment, and that never goes away. That's it. Simple as that. You're never discharged from duty. No. No, No, because even though I received a dishonorable... Dishonorable. (laughs) (laughs) Even though... Tell us that story. Even (laughs) though... I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, even though I received an honorable discharge... uh, that's just on paper that never ends for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's once you've enlisted, regardless of whether you're an NCO at a certain point or you're an officer, you're, you're always part of that. And it just doesn't go away. What does the oath of enlistment mean to me? That is a long way back. And I, uh, I certainly can't, can't recite it to you but I remember at the time um, thinking to myself that um, this is 
this i mean i'm a i'm a boy scout i'm an eagle scout i mean i i take i take that oath seriously um the oath of enlistment was was kind of the at that point in my life was one of the uh, greatest greatest of commitments that i made and it was an acknowledgement of what i was willing to do for my country what my country uh, expected from me and uh, it was important to me that i fulfill that oath of enlistment and do it honorably um and satisfactorily both for my country for my fellow citizens and and for myself I think this is a good time to thank the sponsors that make this podcast possible. If you support us, please support them. This episode of We Happy Few is sponsored by the law offices of Edward K. Brass. For more information, visit edbrasslaw.com. Be sure to check out some of the other podcasts from the Loudmouth Project. Hi, I'm Amy Donaldson. And I'm Jason Lee. Listen to our free podcast, Voices of Reason, unless you enjoy screaming matches. Nope, you're not going to hear that with us. You'll hear folks who may disagree, but seek to understand different views. That's Voices of Reason on the KSL Radio app or wherever you find interesting podcasts. I think when you, uh, any profession that you have to take an oath uh, you know, it's more than just a job. You know, I think about the clergy. You know, I think about people who are take oaths, who are part of the medical profession. And ours is uh, a profession where we require everyone to take an oath. Uh, and it becomes more than just a job. It becomes uh, a calling, if you will. And I think uh, we all come into the military because, in my case, I was trying to be like Uncle Leo uh, and many people's cases. Uh, you find folks that are attracted to the educational benefits. Some folks are trying to leave somewhere. But once you're in, and it starts with the moment that you raise your right hand and you uh, swear an allegiance to the Constitution of the United States, uh, you know, our appointments are tied to the president. The president appoints you to serve as a general officer. The gravity of it sets in. And uh, you know that you're uh, in this space and that you're uh, in the midst of this calling uh, because of something that's much larger than yourself. And I think uh, when the longer you stay in and uh, particularly when you uh, are gratified by just the small things, uh, you know, I get an immense amount of gratification from just being around our civilian mechanics who maintain and sustain these powerful weapon systems. Or when I'm uh, coming through the gate and I see a young defender in the freezing cold like just <laughs> this week and you see that defender going through all of the aspects of his or her duties, uh, making sure that we're safe and secure on this installation, I get immense uh, gratification and pride from that. Uh, and I think uh, the fact that this is a calling, uh, only a few people uh, you know, uh, ever uh, are able to serve uh, in, in uniform. Uh, we, it's about 1%. So a very small group of people uh, who accept uh, a lot of responsibility and, uh, and who take on an uh, immense commitment uh, to make sure that the country's uh, freedoms and values are preserved. Two words, never quit. That's it. Never quit. It means 
it means a lot. It means the I would defend the Constitution, the United States of America, and uh, I would support those appointed over me. Um, it, it really, when I hear that and when I do the oath, every time I run this, I really take it into consideration that I'm, I'm a, I, I'm a, I had to obey that oath, mm -hmm. and um, I know what I'm getting into. It's a commitment. Um, the oath of enlistment is, I mean, it's, it, it's not something to be taken lightly. I mean, one of the key things in there that I, you know, I always hit on that always stuck with me is that, you know, you are swearing to defend your country against all enemies, whether they're foreign or domestic. And, um, you know, I was in DC when, or just outside of DC when nine 11 happened. And one thing about that was I had hoped and, you know, hoped and prayed that it was something domestic, that it was something like the Oklahoma City bombing, because that would have meant that I wasn't going to war and that I wasn't going to have to leave my country, which at that point in time, I wasn't willing to. I brand new to the army. I was in training for my job. But that had it, had that been something that was domestic as opposed to a foreign attack the shape of the world would be a lot different now, but it didn't turn out that way. So I joined the United States Army because one day I expect to have the honor of meeting George Washington. On that day, I want to shake his hand, look him in the eye and know that I earned it. The United States of America is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. The men who did it, who create, who cre the men who created it did so under the watchful eye of our heavenly father, they risked everything to do this. They risked families, fortunes, and reputations. When I graduated from high school, our country was at peace. The military was a career option, not a duty that I owed to my country. September 11, 2001, was an event that changed my relationship with my country. We were attacked and quickly retaliated. I supported my country, but felt that I was too old and too busy with college. The war would be over quickly anyway. As the war on terror progressed, it became clear that the armed forces needed men to protect the country. I excused myself by saying that my wife and two young boys needed me at home. I was wrong. You are not a reason to avoid military service. You are exactly the reason that I should serve. I need to step forward and do my duty as a man. You deserve a husband and a father who does the right thing, especially when that requires him to be separated from you. The day I raised my hand and swore an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America was one of the proudest moments of my life. Join us again for the next episode of We Happy Few. If you have comments about the show, please contact us by email at tips at loudmouthproject.com or on Twitter at loudmouthjason. Check out our website at loudmouthproject.com and navigate to the We Happy Few page. You can also find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast on Google Podcast, iTunes, and other places where you find interesting shows. Be sure to review our show as well. We love to get your feedback, and it helps grow our audience. We would like to thank our producer and editor, Josh Tilton, and our creative director, Amy Donaldson, for adding the spit and polish to our show. I'm Jason Comstock, and until next time, keep listening. Keep learning and stay engaged.
We Happy Few is a production of the Loudmouth Project.